weekend to see The Woman King. My wife wanted to see it and, and some of our friends from, from church here in Cashville. So we went out. It's good to be back at the movies. I used to be a movie buff. Like I used to go to movies at least once every other week, if not once a week. Especially when I lived in Seattle, when I lived downtown Seattle, I was going to the movies once or twice a week because I could just walk to the AMC. And I'm not going to rant about what you think I'm going to rant about. I thought that the cinematography was, was fantastic. I thought that Viola Davis, I mean, she's an Oscar-winning actress and one of the best in the business. And she she does a phenomenal job. You've got to be in peak physical conditioning even to do some of those stunts and even to portray an Amazon female warrior. So if you don't, I don't want to have a spoiler alert, but if you don't, if you don't know the, the plot of the movie, The Woman King is basically about this army of female soldiers in the Dahomey Kingdom tribe in, in West Africa. And this is this is during the advent of the slave trade. This is this is 1600s, 1700s West Africa. And there was so much infighting with, with different tribes in West Africa that there are, there are many casualties. And a lot of the men had, had died or were injured or were maimed from, from battle. So there was this army of, of women, and, and they kind of were a secret society in many cases. You couldn't leave their, their castle and people had to, they had to go through rigorous training to, to get inducted. It's almost like these women were, were strong. They were mighty. I, I, they, they, they had some skills that were very ninja-like, if I can say that. But these were people that were, these women were experts in, in combat. Experts in combat, experts with the, the sword and the spear, all of that stuff. And I'm, a, I'm very into women's empowerment. And I, I thought that it was very interesting, very intriguing to see these women that, that built themselves up into soldiers, and, and they, were, they were phenomenal. Now, the lead in there, that was a little unrealistic because the young lady that was the lead, she was like 5'2", 100 pounds. I don't know, I don't know if she's going to beat some of the, some of the male <laughs> – some of the male warriors, I don't know how realistic that is, but there were some really physically imposing women. that They definitely they definitely would have kicked the crap out of me. So there are a lot of there are a lot of men is like, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't have lost to them. Yeah, you would have. You would have lost to them. You would have lost to them. I'm not saying that the US Marines would have lost to them, but you personally, like belly hanging over your your pants, full regalia, Sunday basketball, three point chucker. Those women would have mopped the floor with you. Like they would have cut your head off and they would have put it on the fence post. So I want to say that as a disclaimer. So you can't say, well, Lance Jay's being a sexist. I like seeing our sisters being portrayed as powerful. I just like that. There, there's so many images where black women are, are portrayed as inferior, as oversexed, 
sexualized, as unintelligent, as weak. So anytime I can see women from the motherland, from the diaspora, being portrayed as queens and strong and tough, I, I like that. Now, there are a lot of women killing men in the theater, and, and the women were clapping. So it's just, it was, it was getting a little, it was getting a little raucous in there. Apparently, women like to see other women kicking the living hell out of men. That was interesting because I was like, I don't, because I was in there. I think the, the group I was with it was two men. It was, it was a couple of the husbands. It was like six, six women. And I'm sitting there thinking with my wife, I'm like, is it about, is it about to jump off at our crew? Because I don't want you reenacting the, the exploding heart technique. <laughs> I don't want you trying to reenact any of that kung fu stuff or me. Or feeling that you can pull out a javelin and, and impale me. Like, I don't, I don't want that. That's not something that I want to be a part of. I don't, I don't want to be a, a stunt double in the movie. So I thought it was interesting. It was a pretty good script. You know, it's a traditional coming-of-age movie. There are a few twists and turns. There's, there's an enemy. But, but what I wanted to talk about are two things. First and foremost, then I, I, I like to see movies about African civilization because we just don't have adequate data on African civilization. We don't talk about it enough. It's not taught enough in public school. It's not taught enough in private school. It's not even taught enough at our HBCU institutions. I have a degree in history that I don't use other than to talk about stuff like this at, at cocktail parties. And I'm just going to be, I'm going to be very straight up and, and, and blunt and transparent as a person that has a degree in African history, excuse me, a degree in history with a, with a concentration on African civilization, even the stuff that you get at schools, even at HBCUs is not completely accurate. And I'm not going to go into the whole racial element but history is usually written by the victors of history. So there's a lot of stuff about the Middle Passage that's left out. There's a lot of stuff about African civilization. A lot of people don't know about Mansa Musa. They don't know about the Mali Empire. They don't know that Africa is the cradle of civilization. A lot of people, they think that Africa is Shaka Zulu. And it's people running around in, in, in war and inner fightings within tribes. And that's a part of African civilization, but that's not all of African civilization. Google Mansa Musa, richest man in the history of Earth. Google his Hajj to Mecca and how when Mansa Musa showed up he devalued gold because he just he was just in the streets throwing gold as his caravan went through. He was just throwing gold coins and bars to the villages that he passed through. And what I think is interesting about this movie, and I'm being careful with what I say because I don't I don't want to I'm not looking to to drive controversy, but the Dahomey tribe. They were actually slavers. And they were they were in the movie, they're pitted against the oil tribe, and that's the enemy. 
But both of these tribes in real life and in the movie, they were slavers. Meaning that when they conquered other West African civilizations and villages, they would sell those people to the Portuguese, to the Dutch, to the British, and they would sell them as slaves. And those are people that ended up in the Caribbean, ended up in Brazil, ended up in the United States of America. And I just find that to be fascinating. That's that's another part of, of history that's not discussed. I'm just reporting history. I'm not manufacturing history. I don't have an axe to grind. But that's a that's a major part of, of the story. And and I just we we get into politics and we get into race and we get into all of these constructs over time. And and I've always said this is a recurring theme on my show and just my philosophy on life. Humanity across the board has committed a lot of atrocities on one another. Everything's not racial. Like I said, these are African people that sold other African people into slavery. And in exchange for that, they would get gold and they would get riches and they would get, they would get guns and they would get textiles and they would get all of these things. But historically we've just seen that mankind is messed up. And I think sometimes we get into the modern narratives and everything is religious based. Everything is race based. Everything is gender based. Everything is sexual orientation based. Everything is political based. And I, I just don't know if historically, I don't know if I personally believe that to be true. And that's a different spin. We, we, we need to read and analyze history and understand that, that people from all regions of the world have, have committed great atrocities against one another. And it's just kind of mind-boggling when you think of how awful the Middle Passage was and Atlantic slave trade and the fallout from that. And people like myself are still trying to recuperate from that and trying to close the generational wealth gap and still dealing with institutionalized racism, all of those things. It's just interesting, and they glossed over it in the movie, but that tribe, they were slavers. And that army, in many ways, was, was, the, was the wing of enforcement <laughs> to capture and shackle other Africans into slavery. History is not always beautiful. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Classic sneakers I had. Patrick Ewins. Oh, the Ewins was hot. The, 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 the blue, orange, and white. Those got those. Yeah, yeah, got a yeah, fresh yeah. pair. You gotta bring too. those into the studio. What? You gotta, you gotta bring And those I got the, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Adidas. I didn't even know that he had a shoe. What? And I got the Stan Smith. I'm telling you, these. I don't even know what the Stan, Stan Smith, Smith is. Was, the Stan Smith, the green and white, the official color. I got the official Pumas, the red suede, the blue suede. Official Pumas. Classic. So we're Classic. winding hold down. Up. Hold up. 
the first Air Force Ones, the Dunks, the Flights. Uh, what else was was crazies? Uh, uh, the Hibachis. James Lewis. You talking about the Harachis or Hibachis? the Hibachis? I call them Hibachis, Harachis, okay. whatever. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there, just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home, with so much to protect each day. Caring goes along. 